welcome to Lunar Magic Tea Time, where we discuss all things magical, mystical, metaphysical, and sometimes a little mundane. I'm Kristen. And I'm Nancy. And this week we are talking about the moon and phases of the moon and full moons and just generally all things moon. <laughs> um, <laughs> all about the moon. All about the moon. Um, before we get too far into it, um, there are a lot of moon myths that um, I, I literally have read a 360-some-odd page book about just moon myths. Um, so we're not going to get into too many of those right now. Um, that will be something we do in a later episode, I'm, I'm sure. Um, but right now we're just talking about the moon and her phases. Um, so the first phase that we're going to talk about is the new moon. The new moon is the first three days that the moon is visible in the sky. So that tiny little sliver, um, that is an excellent time to do spells that to start spells that will require a long time to come to fruition. It's a good time to create your magical shield. It's a time of renewal of new things, of healing, cyclical concepts, and it's tied to things like love, beauty, and agriculture. Um, can you embellish a little more on creating your magical shield? Oh, um, actually, this is so funny because we just did this a week ago with a friend. Um, a magical shield is effectively a a sigil that you create that's yours, it's personal to you. Um, I like to make mine out of, I like to make mine look like an actual shield. Um, so it's, it's shield shaped, it's divided into fours and each fourth, each quarter of it represents something I want to either manifest or protect myself from. And then I just kind of take that piece of paper and carry it around with me. Um, I am actually currently writing up the episode for Magical Shields. <laughs> so oh, I don't want to get too... <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I did not know that, so it wasn't like it... <laughs> A push for first uh, episode. I didn't know about that. It just uh, and and I do kind of want our listeners to be aware that um, you know this is um, we're recording this in May 2020, which means we're still socially distancing and we're not seeing each other all the time and um, not updating all the time. So um, yeah. <laughs> I saw something um, I thought was really cool as I started doing the research um, for this episode. It was talking about planting the seeds in any part of your life that you want to change. So um, I did a sigil on the paper for what I wanted to change, and I planted it in what I call my sigil sandbox. Because, you know, me being a sea witch, everything's about the sand. But aren't next phase after the new moon is the waxing crescent moon. The waxing crescent moon is the three to seven days after the new moon and um, it's a good time for animal magic, beginnings, 
great for business spells and goal setting and to increase your initiative and your drive. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is also a great time to bless babies and children and to send any evil intentions back to their source. Oh, that's I like that. Um, <laughs> would it be a good time, this part of the phase, to focus your attention on one thing that you wanted to bring um, out this month? Or It would be a really good time to build on whatever spell work you were doing in the new moon. Um, so kind of embellishing on that or bringing it to the next level? Yeah. And then if you have any goals specific to that, so... In my mind, kind of the new moon is where you, you plant that tiny little seed and you're like, okay, so I kind of want this idea. I want this idea to grow. Mm -hmm. And then the waxing crescent moon is when you sit down and write those goals. Oh, okay. And like do the breakdown. That makes sense. Next is the waxing moon. Uh, the waxing moon is seven to day, 10 days, excuse me. Uh, from the new moon. Um, this is a great time for invocations, for unbindings, and elemental work, and for all sorts of luck magic. So it's a really great time to make your talismans for luck, um, that lucky rabbit's foot, um, and to create spells for growth and abundance. Okay, so it would be a good time for a spell if helping a new business or bringing a growth to a business. Um, and prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. Unbindings. You want to give us a quick definition of what you consider an unbinding? Well, so I, I consider them sort of situational. Sometimes an unbinding is, is when you've already bound someone from acting against you and that time has passed and now you want to release them to do whatever work they need to do. Okay. Great. Does that happen? I asked you. Um, you know, because there's been situations where I've been like, you know what, I need this person to not act for this period of time. And then after that period of time, they can do whatever they want. So okay. I bind them from acting against me for a short amount of time. And then I just oh, really undo true. that binding. Okay. But also, also an unbinding can be when you feel like you are bound to someone or to a situation. Oh. Like when you it, um, think of it like cutting cutting ties a little bit. Okay, like a bad business relationship or even yeah. a friendship that's gone wrong and you don't want to be bound to it anymore. Yeah. Awesome. Next is the gibbous moon and also called the waxing gibbous. The 10th to 13th-ish days after the new moon. It's perfect for growth spells and goal-oriented goal work. Okay, so if we started something in the first moon and then we're embellishing it on the waxing, mm -hmm. then this is the time to put your energy into for that same goal or... Just yes, this is the time where you just really uh, refine what those goals are going to look like and how to achieve them, and and really focus that energy on those goals. Okay, that makes sense. And then my favorite, the full moon. 
it's mine, mine too. Actually, no, that's that's not true. It's not mine. Uh, the, full, <laughs> the full moon is technically the 14th day after the new moon. Uh, it's it, this is this is kind of the witch's the witch's moon sort of. It's the height of magical power. It's a fine. A, perfect time to charge and to cleanse um stick your crystals out under the full moon stick your holy water out under the full moon it's a time of high sensitivity for those who are already sensitive to the movements of the moon um i am sure that you've heard the jokes about oh the hospital is really busy tonight must be a full moon yeah. As someone who has worked in the medical profession let me tell you that is that is true that is a lie that is that is a, a thing we noticed. Um, There's a great time for letting go and for forgiveness and for manifestations. The moon is a great allegory for the cycles of life, for the building, 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 fullness, and then the waning, 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 waning. So the full moon is the height of all of that um, in the widow book that i've been reading um they talk about tying it into the same cycle as a woman of the menstrual cycle and that the fertility and the you know the full moon and all that it was really interesting that i never thought about that the same cycle the 28 day cycle um it's also um, up until this the starting with this new moon it's the only phase that I actually did something for and I always put and only because I finally got an app on my phone so I can calculate <laughs> what the next moon is so now it used to be a, like maybe every third moon I would never put my crystals out now and I've been pretty good the disseminating moon is three to seven days after that full moon and it's a time for relaxing catching your breath and reassessing reassessing your in relation to the universe what's your part in this big massive thing we call life and just evaluating where you are in life and the spells you've been working on and how how they've come to fruition and that it's it, it's a great time for reevaluating that yes now i saw also they they also can call it the waning gibbous moon i saw that in some of the charts um yes you are correct. We should have done that. Um, I was using a reference that may be a little older, and it's definitely um, more um, astronomy based yeah. than it is than it was um, witchy based. If you yeah, will. and each, each practice, and I, as I was doing the research, there's all types of different names and that on and I was going back trying to figure the chart. I'm like, oh, what? Wait, no, who? What? Which one is this one? Where are we at? Um, what is happening? Yes. Now here's an easy one to remember. The next one is the third quarter moon. <laughs> so the third quarter moon, this is going to be about seven to ten, ten days after the full moon. It's the halfway point between the fullness and the bounty of the new moon and the potential of, or I mean, full, bounty and fullness of the full moon and the potential of the new moon. And it's usually right around this time that if, if we sit in meditation, we're going to figure out exactly what's not working for us and exactly what needs to be released. And now okay. the dark moon. 
and we can release it in the dark moon. <laughs> the final phase of the moon is the dark moon. Um, not everyone uses dark moon. Um, some people tack it on to the new new moon phase. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's it's when there's really no moon in the sky. It's the perfect time for some of the less pleasant work of witchcraft. It's a good time for things like hexings and banishings and good for shadow work. And this is my favorite phase of the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kind of talked about that. I st- charts about soul searching, banishment, curses. Um, so what we actually, uh, Chris and I have been doing is actually charting some of these and trying to do something for every phase. Um, we made up a calendar and... We're now on the second one. Mm-hmm. And so in my reading, I learned that there are runic associations with, with the half moons. And so each time frame is tied to a rune. Um, so there's 12 months. And then there would be 24 half moons. So each one of those half moons is tied to a rune and the core meaning of that rune. Unfortunately, at this point in my, in my path, I'm not versed enough in the runes to fully comment on that. Um, but I do want to put that out there because I know that there are a lot of, of witches out there that do know runes and may want to tie in their rune work with their moon work yeah there's so many charts out there that kind of tie all the astrology and everything and every every single path you know all of the open systems all of the closed systems they're all going to have their own traditions around the moon so the key is going to be to you know what is your path what is your system we were just talking about the moon phases and now we're going to talk about the full moons every um and there's every culture that i've been able to find has names for their full moons um there's 12 to 13 full moons every year one every 28 five days um cultures give their names to the full moons and different i mean you can find them celtic old english native american um i found some hindu based ones i found um polynesian based ones so you know depending on where you are it's going to vary um a lot based on where you are on the planet because the names are given based on the seasonal conditions. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to vary, you know, right now we're in moving into summer up here in the Northern hemisphere while down in the Southern hemisphere, they're moving into winter. Yeah. So their moons are going to have different, different terminology. Um, and my, um, when we lived up further up north and we had a very different climate, my definitions of the moons would have changed, yeah. have changed. So, but what we're going to do is I'm going to give you a little bit um, about those. So some examples are wolf moon, blood moon, seed moon, um, 
one of the books that I used is an older one by Eden McCoy. And she talks about naming the full moons herself based on where she was, um, not just geographically, but in her life. Mm -hmm. um, and in the little section that she did, um, she talked about how um, she had just started doing it um, at, at a certain point in her life. And when she was looking back on her, her earlier parts of her life, she was like, oh, I would never have called that moon that. That moon would have been, you know, something darker or more angsty or more teenage-y. Um, so I really liked the idea of integrating naming the moons, the full moon of each month, kind of based on, on where I am and what life looks like. Yeah, for that month. Okay, we're going to start with January, and um, we're each going to do our own interpretation of that moon. So, Kristen? Okay, so January I call the hibernation moon. Uh, it's when I'm focused usually on finishing up projects and um, plotting out my year, and I'm definitely holed up in my house. I'm not really out being social in January. Nancy. Happening now, <laughs> except warmer. So I call January the re rebirth moon because it's a time when people decide what always my New Year's resolutions, things I want to change. And I'm, I'll tell you what, come next January, I'm going to be so done with 2020. Out with that and in with the new and hopefully a new president. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um, January is a really good time to work on things, you know, like goals for the year. That full moon is a good time for intention setting and if you're in very northern climates it's really good for ice work oh yeah if you're an elemental witch um so the february moon i call the february moon the deep moon because for me february we're moving into longer days and and that it still feels, they all still feel deeper and darker. And February just feels like, I just call it deep winter. And I use the February moon to do things like banishing and big time divination work. And um, several traditions use this work to work with shadow, to do shadow work and um, deep introspection work. Um, real good time to think about weather magic in a lot of places in the in the northern hemisphere anyway that weather in february is pretty intense yeah um for me it's just the winter moon things are still midwinter might have sometimes here in oregon we have a glimmer of spring um anybody that knows me knows i am not a winter person so <laughs> on february uh -huh. i am totally done with cold weather oh girl by november you're done <laughs> 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 Chris is hand, she's like the sweater girl and I'm like oh no please give me warm weather I can't do summer summer no you don't do summer and I don't like to do winter <laughs> so March is the rain moon and here where we live uh, you get the first spring rains and those are usually you know they're warmer rains they have that that smell of spring, you know stuff is going to start blooming, you know it's just right around the corner. 
it's a very good time to really do anything magically, but especially looking at things like balance and healing. It's good to do work breaking through illusions to work on the truth of things. Um, and depending on where you are, it's great for seed magic and weather magic. Also, any magic related to fertility. Oh, interesting for March. Um, for me, March is Irish. It's the Irish moon, time where I celebrate my Celtic heritage. And normally I would go to Vegas, but of course we couldn't do it this year. Vegas was shut down. Um, Bring up the interesting uh, story about Irish. Um, I was watching a new series on Netflix based in Ireland. And I'm just sitting there watching the show and into my mind comes, I miss Ireland. And I'm like, I'm having a whole conversation with myself and I'm like, miss Ireland? You've never been to Ireland. Like, it must have been past life. And basically my subconscious went, duh. Yes, it was your past life. That's my Irish, which is going to tie us into something we'll talk at the end of the show. Like, it was kind of, I mean, even though I've kind of known that, it was just kind of an eye-opening, like, no, that's definitely it. Mm-hmm. We come so, into April. And I call April, I call it the pollen moon. I am allergic to pretty much everything that grows. Um, and... I, I am okay with calling out nature, you know, nature isn't perfect, it just is, and, you know, pollens, I'm pretty miserable. It's a really good time for fertility and growth and prosperity spells, as well as self-awareness and for, for the personal awakenings, and it is a really good time to do any plant magic related to plant growth. To me, I thought about it, and it's the flower moon, because finally, we can say goodbye to winter, things are starting to bloom, all these showers that we've dealt with is um, bringing on the seasons of the flowers, so it's when I finally can go, oh, yes, goodbye winter. That's why I should call it goodbye winter moon. <laughs> goodbye winter, bye-bye. Um, so I call May the birth moon. Um, I do it for several reasons. May is my birthday month. Um, around here that's where really everything is absolutely shimmeringly green and beautiful and um just vibrant and full of life um this moon is good for fertility work it's good for love magic um there seems to be a lot of um lore around um May Day and doing, um, you know, find your future partner on um, the 1st of May, those kind of traditions. Um, it's a great month for earth magic and any magic related to ideas of balance and partnership. Growth, flowers, and maybe hope of things that to come. I didn't really put a whole lot of thought into May, but is coming into my time of year. Yes. So June is blooming moon. Um, again, I find uh, here anyway in the valley, a lot of things are still incredibly green and fertile and um, up in the hills. 
the wildflowers have taken off and gone bonkers and, you know, just joy, joy, joy. Um, this is a really good moon for uh, magic related to fidelity, fidelity and fertility and partnerships and prosperity. Um, it's a good, good time to do any male uh, energies that you need to work with and good time to work on personal responsibility. Mm, yeah, that is good for some people. <laughs> June, for me, uh, celebration moon. If you think about it, it's the time for weddings and graduations, which are all things of starting a new life. Whether you're, oh, yeah. whether you're getting married or that's what I think about when I think of June. Use this in July. <laughs> so July is the star moon for me. And it's because when um i'm i'm a star girl i love stars i love i love space i love stars uh when i was very little we used to have a deck that my dad we would sleep out on the deck during the um the meteor showers and oh. those the big summer ones um tend to start late july and so for me july is definitely star moon it's a good time to work on bindings and divinations and manifesting energies, especially manifesting, um, you know, you're, we're starting to do harvests now. And, and so that's a good time for that. Um, it's a good time for blessings and courage spells too. To me, July is the summer moon. Summer's in full fledged. and we got warm days, beautiful star-filled nights, like you said. The moon's always bright, and probably one of the, my favorite months, just because of the weather. We do have beautiful Julys, yes. Yes, we do. Um, August, for me, is the tomato moon, because this is honestly, this is when the tomatoes take over my garden, and they're everywhere, and they're, yeah, and, and right now I can actually, like, smell them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's an excellent time. Tomato right off the vine. Mm, yes, please. Um, it's a really good time for herbal magic. Um, it's a really good time for spirit work, but I'm thinking, I always tend to look at it as more like nature spirits, so a lot of elemental work, maybe. Okay. And just healing and health, we're going to start looking, um, it, you're going to, the harvest is going to start working, so it's going to be gatherings and friendships and, and things like that. To be um our summers here are pretty short in Oregon, and by the time I get mid-August, I'm like depressed because it's the end of summer. Because <laughs> September sometimes it's nice, sometimes it's not. Um, so I truly call it like the last full month of summer. Leaves us into September. September for me is harvest moon because this is really when the garden needs to be pulled up and harvested. And um, in September we have. Um, one of the biggest harvest spots. Um, it's a it's a good moon to look at doing magical work around manifestations and harvesting the things you have sown, but also flexibility and Thanksgiving. Um, to me, it's the birth moon because my family is just <laughs> so many September birthdays. <laughs> So many September birthdays. 
so many. Summer, like I said, is starting to go. Harvest. Though I do love the crisp nights that we have in September. So usually still have a clear sky so we can see the moon pretty well. Mm -hmm. This is probably the last month of that. Yes. So we're going to cover October. Okay. October for me is absolutely ancestor moon it's the time i that's just it it's when i do my ancestor work i put out um i redress my ancestor altar um in celtic tradition it's some someone mm -hmm. which is when we celebrate our ancestors um yeah it's great for banishings, bindings, deep spirit work, especially around ancestor spirits. So if there's any spirits that need help moving on or have issues that they need to resolve, it's a really good time to work on your Akashic records. Um, and ideas around justice and harmony and, and those kinds of things. For October, I agree with Kristen. What else would it be but the ancestor moon? Um, and... Pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> oh my gosh, and pumpkin pie. For being gone is, I can get pumpkin mm. spice lattes. So hopefully this year we're open back up by then. Hopefully. Well, that brings us into November. November, I call the gratitude moon. Um, it's it's kind of the time that I start to turn inward and, and looking at what, what shadow work may need to be done for the year, what I'm grateful for. This is a really good time for spells around gratitude and around cooperation and family. Yeah, that's another one I agree with her. Grateful, the gratitude or thankful moon. I would have to agree with Kristen on that one. And the last one, December. Um, for me, the December is the Yule or the Light Moon, and I just love all of the holidays that are celebrated around winter solstice. I just, I just do. I my house vomits Christmas and, and Santa's, Santa and um, I just I freaking love it, and that's okay. Um, this is <laughs> this is a good moon to work on path work, astral work. Mm. Um, anything sort of ethereal and spirit-based and soul-based, this is a really good moon for that. Yeah, I call December the winter solstice month. Um, to me, it's the end of one chapter and starting of another time to look back and then look forward. And like I've said before, I am so happy when 2020 is gone. So doing this in for um, these moon phases, uh, Kristen and I started talking and we plotted out this month's calendar for the different phases and we're picking a type of magic to do with each one. It's, it's been, I mean, we we're only two phases in, uh, but it's been really interesting because I have a very focused goal this month yes. and um, I've been tailoring that spell work to this goal we will be writing blog posts on our website um, that detail our experiences with this project. And hopefully we will be able to share some deeper insights and some bigger things with you guys. Exactly. Um, like I said, I was reading the Widow book um, earlier today and I just kind of thumbed through and just said, okay, 
stop me where I need to read. And it was, um, I'm not going to pronounce this right, but Espots? I think that's correct, yes. It talks about the 13 full moons in a solar year, and which brought me down this rabbit hole into the goddess uh, Kaleide, a day, yeah. again, I need to learn pronunciation and some things, which is a really interesting um, goddess that's basically been erased from history because she and her followers believed that women had all the right to take any and all lovers that they chose. And of course, the patriarchal people that came in after that wanted to wipe that out because men didn't believe with that plan. And it was really hard to um, get the women away from it because they still did it on the, every full moon. They were worshiping her which brought me into Bridget and Triple Goddess. So I think that was my clue of what I need to work on this month. So yeah. it says we're going to make it a very magical because like I told Kristen, what else should we do with, with a podcast called Lunar Magic but to accept yeah. the magic of the phases of the moon? I... I am really excited about this plan, and I'm really excited to see where it goes. Yeah, me too. I um, I think by doing these types of exercises, it keeps us more focused because we both get so busy with life that you kind of forget the things you want to work on, or especially for me. I mean, you've been at this for most of your life, but for me, you get out of the the practice or not get into the practice. So I'm really excited about this. And with that, I think we've covered what we need to cover for moons and their phases. Um, like we said, there will be blog posts on the website um, detailing our, both of our experiences with this um, plan um, of specific magic for each phase of the moon. Um, um, you can find us um, on the internet at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can email us at lunar at lunarmagicteatime.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can join our Facebook group. You can find this podcast at our website and on iTunes, Spotify, oh, shoot. Stitcher, iTunes, Stitcher <laughs> Podbean. I think we might be on Google Play finally. Oh, I haven't checked that out. I think I think I was told that we were, but I can double check. And um, go ahead, leave us a like, subscribe. You know what? I'm even on. We're even on YouTube. <laughs> we're go out there and find us on social media. And you guys have a very magical week. <laughs>